Hello. Hello. <laughs> this is uh, episode, wow, 72 of Just Because, the Human Experience Podcast. Uh, I'm Michael. I'm Serena. Wow. Okay, good. Very glad you're back. Um, <laughs> on this episode, I had, I guess we had, uh, Angelica from Planned Parenthood. She's the, I'm going to butcher how do you say it, Ray, Rice? Raiz. Raiz. Damn root. it. Raiz is root in Spanish. Organizer. Mm-hmm. So, Raiz. Raiz. Organizer. Very good. For, this is our 75th take of doing this introduction. Uh, <laughs> she works with, they work with Planned Parenthood. Um, I wanted her on uh, because there's a lot of misconceptions and uh, myths, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the media with how Planned Parenthood is portrayed. And so I thought it'd be really uh, important and helpful to have Angelica on uh, to talk about it. And it was super interesting. Um, and I liked what you said afterward is it, she's an inspiration. Yes. Um, just the work she does and how, how positive uh, she stays even with this uh, awesome climate that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, she speaks sarcasm. truth to power, and um, she is a representation of her culture and, and the culture she works in. So, um, yeah, she was amazing to talk to. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. And um, you can get more information at a ppaz.org. Oh, my gosh, is that right? It is. No? Yeah, it is. ppaz.org. Um, no? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I'm saying it. That's what she said, ppaz.org. Uh, you could donate, volunteer. Uh, you could even find um, applications for different things. Uh, and you could, there's a lot of questions because it's not just um, about abortion as the media would like to portray. Uh, they have a lot of resources and they 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 help out with a lot of things. Uh, you could follow. And it's human care, so they it's also care. Yes. care to men, um, which is important. Again, yes. it's it's human care, so it is. Um, yeah. It it is to everyone. Which is, well, yeah, we, which we brought up as soon as we stopped recording. We started talking <laughs> about how they also help men, but uh, yes, and so it it helps everybody. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram at ppa. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Planned Parenthood Advocates one. And then they also have an organization, um, and Helica talks a, a bit about it um, in the episode, um, PPGEN, so G-E-N-A-S-U, on Instagram. Uh, that stands for Planned Parenthood Generation Action at ASU. Um, and that's kind of how I found them. I, I stumbled upon their Instagram and then went through, and it got to Planned Parenthood. And then, um, so it was really great to be able to talk to uh, and Helica, and she just came from an event right before we recorded. Um, so she's always moving. Um, she's always posting stuff. Uh, if you want to find her too, um, yeah, and enjoy that. Is there anything else you no. took away from the episode? Um, if you what are you scratching have, at? Everyone sorry. can hear that. Sorry, if you have questions, um, you know, just ask. It, it doesn't hurt to ask. And there are so many um, Planned Parenthood organi- organizations kind of throughout the valley sprinkled here and there. Um, look for one closest to you. And um, they are always at community events, which is an event that she was um, at earlier, which was a health fair. They are always at events. Um, so just ask questions. 
ask questions. The more you know, you know, the better, the better your life will be. Now we're gonna get sued. No, oh, why? By the company that says the more you know. I don't. What? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. So I'm here with uh, Angelica and um, Serena, um, and we're just gonna talk and see where this goes. You, do you mind sharing like where you work or what organization yeah. you're with? Um, so my name is Angelica. Uh, I am the Raiz organizer with Planned Parenthood. Um, essentially, what Raiz is, it's a program that focuses on Latinx communities uh, because a lot of the times these communities are left out of the conversation when it comes to reproductive care and reproductive justice. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, my job is to focus on centered in the Phoenix Central area. We have okay. another Raiz organizer down in Tucson. Um, but I'm focused um, in this area, like Phoenix, uh, Maribel, Glendale, Tempe, Chandler, etc. Um, and I am educating folks about what it means, what we do at Planned Parenthood 1, and then to um, the services, the education we do at Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And then also, um, there's this abortion stigma within our Hispanic and Latinx community. Mm -hmm that we need to break and that's kind of where I interfere and I like not interfere but I educate my folks. Uh, my own mother, um, I grew up Hispanic and she grew up Hispanic and very Catholic. Um, so when yeah. I started volunteering two years, three years ago with Planned Parenthood, she's like, what are you doing? Like, wait, why, why are you volunteering with Planned Parenthood? Like, yeah. you, they kill babies. Like, and that's all we hear in Univision yep. and like yeah. news media is that Planned Parenthood kills babies and uh, so on and so on. And I mean, right. It is, um, to me, it's like, not their fault, they're just, you know, they don't have the resources, they don't have the time to sit down um, and educate themselves because they have two, three jobs, right, like my mother. And so once I got involved with Planned Parenthood, I felt like I was able to educate my mom and I was able to like, it took a while, it wasn't like one talk and that's it, it took a while to educate her and be able to um, tell her what the services we have at Planned Parenthood and how we serve our community. Like she didn't know, first of all, she didn't know that 97% of our services, our, our sex education, well woman exams, HIV, STI testing, all types of birth control, she didn't know that. She mm -hmm. thought most of the, the services at Planned Parenthood were abortion, yeah. when only 3% is abortions. Mm -hmm. So when mentioning these statistics to my mom, she was like, whoa, and that's when she started like, being more open-minded about what if someone has a, a you know gets raped mm -hmm. what if you know miscarriage all of these things and so once she like became a little bit more open-minded at Raiz we do platicas we host platicas in the communities um, and back when I started volunteering it was Norma she was the, the organizer I took on um, for a position um, I took her to a platica with her and it was a lot of um, it was like a round table with a bunch of Latinx X women and they were just talking about reproductive care about how to talk to their kids about the sexuality at a young young age yeah. um, and my mom was like she mentioned to the room like if it weren't for my daughter educating me like I, f I feel so ignorant now knowing like Planned Parenthood does all of this mm -hmm. And it's like, I was only focused on abortion because that's all I heard in the news. Yeah, yeah. And so now my mom, like, 
comes advocate with me when she when she's free um, so yeah that's kind of I gave kind of like a explanation of what I do with Raiz uh, and kind of like the background of where I got started at least at Plant Parenthood whatever. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, can I ask where did you get uh, or if you even have one uh, the sex talk like my, my parents are, are super Asian and they did right. like nothing sex nothing like I had to learn about it in school or like friends like talking right. smack and Actually, being silly they, nobody told me anything either yeah so <laughs> it, yeah it's I think it's very common and specifically and you know maybe not with like not just like Latinx community but other uh, cultures it's not yeah, yeah. common for us to be taught the, the sex talk mm -hmm. uh, for me it was I was told um can I use Spanish? Yeah, yeah. no, you can. Yeah, like, of course, no. Okay, so I was uh, told, um, like, don't let anyone touch you. Mm -hmm. So that was my talk. And I'm mm -hmm. like, and then, like, I remember having to process that as, like, a 14, 13-year-old. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, don't let anyone touch so I can't have, like, a boy touch me in the arm. Like, what does that mean? I mean, as like as naive and ignorant as it sounds, I was a little girl. I didn't know that. Right. And so I feel like I didn't get the talk, and and a lot of it is very cultural, very Hispanic. They mm -hmm. expect, and one, I mean, one, they don't have, a, you know, they don't have the time. Whether they have three jobs, two jobs, they don't have time, or they expect it from the school system to do it for us. Mm -hmm. But what I got taught in school was um, how to put a pad on uh, my anatomy. I don't need to know that. Yeah, I need yeah. to know about birth control. I need to know about condoms. I need mm -hmm. to know those stuff. And I was that's not what I was taught. Right. And so I feel like now me educating young women like myself, you know, it's like we are here for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I want to be like the woman and the young woman that I didn't have when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and I never like blame my family because it's like a culture, you know, it's, yeah. it, it, that's how they grew up. Mm -hmm. Uh, but now my mom, like, now that I throw so much information at her, she's like, wow, like, you know, I really want to teach this to, like, your cousins. I want to teach that mm -hmm. to my grandkids, right? And so I feel like my mom is, like, super, like, I felt, I feel like it just takes education and uh, organizations like Planned Parenthood and other organizations to educate these communities. Right. Um, because I feel like these are the communities that need to be educated. We don't yeah. need to teach a white woman these stuff because right. they, they know it they have the time mm -hmm. um versus a, uh, a woman like my mother mm -hmm. who worked three jobs and was a housekeeper and came home just to like crash out in bed because she was so tired right. it, i mean you know that's a yeah. privilege so i never blame my mother for it yeah. um i feel like it was a lack of education a lack of time but now she's like all for it now she tries to like talk to other women like herself that grew up Catholic, that grew up in a Hispanic household, like, hey, we need to educate our kids so that there's, you know, like, they have sex when they are ready mm -hmm. and also that we can prevent unwanted pregnancies, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's very common. My sister, my older sister who is, lives in Mexico, she got pregnant at the age of 16. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I feel like, especially in Mexico, there's not that, you know, my mother was never really there for her because she came here to the U.S. to work and, mm -hmm. you know, provide for her. So I feel like there's a lot of young women out there that need the education but don't have it. Right. Mm -hmm. And sex is so taboo. Yeah. Like it's such a taboo we'll topic. Yes. Um, even women's periods, which yes. is important to understand like the reproductive cycle. Uh -huh. Um, to be able to yes. like talk about pregnancy or yes. unplanned pregnancies. Um 
but sex is such a taboo subject that it's difficult for people to even like like have a conversation about it and not be like oh my god like, yes. stop. it's you know that's inappropriate or what have you and it's yeah, I agree. The conversations, um, especially among communities that are disenfranchised, yes. don't have the... I didn't have this conversation yeah. with my mom either. And yeah. <laughs> it was the same. Like, just don't let anyone touch you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's... Yeah. There's people yeah. that are going to touch you. Like, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know what don't to tell you. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where did you grow up? So, I... Okay, so it's like I'm like I have to think about it, but You're so good. I have um I grew up in so I was born in New Mexico, Demi, New Mexico, so it's a border town, um and then like three weeks after I was born, I was taken to Chihuahua, Mexico, and that's where I spent my six, first six years, um and then I came here to the U.S. um to Arizona, um but then so that's where I grew up. So like when people ask me like how do you you know what's your ethnicity, I like to say. Like, I like to say I'm Mexican because that's, like, the first things I... Like, I grew up and, like, that's what I remember growing mm-hmm. up. Um, but I'm Mexican-American, right? Because I have the privilege to be born in this side of, of the country. And so it is a privilege nowadays to have that piece mm-hmm. of paper. Especially me um, living in a mixed-status family mm-hmm. uh, where my mom is documented. She has a green card. My sister is documented. And my dad's undocumented. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I grew up. And that's kind of my background and my family. We live in this this mixed status family that's awful because I get anything immigration related like stabs me in the back and it stabs my family in the back so that's my background yeah so you're loving this country right now then (laughs) (laughs) yeah right I'm loving this fantastic yeah um we when we would live in Tempe and there was a a Planned Parenthood down the street Mm -hmm. on um Apache there would just be all these people protesting I was like don't you have jobs like it's not and their signs are just uh, misinformation and I thought that's not even you could just google that but I mean I guess if you did want to type in google uh why is Planned Parenthood bad of course then you're gonna get really misinformed yeah Yeah. uh links yeah and that's interesting because that Planned Parenthood actually saved my life. Like, I'm, I'm not even joking about that. And it was um, when I passed by it and I, we would see the protesters, and they were still functioning. They were still right. open. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward a couple of months, and it, that location actually did close. And I thought, I can't believe, like... Like, this is so close to a college campus where, like, it is absolutely necessary to have Mm -hmm. information and resources close to this community. Um, Because a lot of times, like, I know I personally was scared to go to my mom and tell, like, I had a really good relationship with her. um, But I didn't talk to her. I didn't get information about stuff. And here's what, like, I don't think she got information from her mom either. And so it... It was uh, it was amazing to have that resource so close to where I lived. Yeah, and and then it was gone. Yeah, and I just kept thinking like I can't believe this is happening. Like what? Like this is uh, for this particular community. This is important, mm-hmm. and it it got shut down. And you know I don't right. It's, yeah. So that location was actually moved to a little farther 
from the campus um, and a lot of it was just like the area it was the area oh. was good because of the campus but there right. were just so many protesters yeah. um, it a was highly known protesters. like everybody knew it like you know just yeah. and so protesters would go there yeah. um, so they moved it um, it's on baseline it's like across the target so it's a, still like a ten, it's a 10 minute oh, drive for, okay. for college yeah. uh, for college students which is right. you know they were able to take the live rail from that clinic from exactly the so it is I remember I um, we have a club, a PPGen uh, club on campus, and I remember talking to students. Oh, you, you know, you can go to Planned Parenthood. It's like five minutes away from our campus, and now it's like, oh, it's a little farther, and you might have to take an Uber, yeah. you, you know, different transportation. Um, but it was just like this location is better because there's like a restaurant, and then there's a restaurant, and right behind it, there's a Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. So like that restaurant kind of hides it, right. and I oh. think Target has like, you know, like. Because the protesters, so they have like actually kind of interfered and mm. making sure like the protesters stay in the sidewalk right. um, and not actually in our in our space right. for our patients. But that's unfortunate. Yeah, where it's not able to be out in the exactly. open, where people can actually know exactly okay. what it is. If if you don't hear it from somebody, like yeah. we lived in that neighborhood, right. I didn't know that it moved. And, and exactly, you did. Yeah. And so you know, for a lot of people that don't know uh, that it moved, it's just. It shouldn't be disguised. Right. It's important, and it's yeah. a part of the everyday conversation. Because here's what: like women are held to a different standard regarding mm-hmm. um, women's rights and reproductive rights right. versus men. Yeah, and it's you know it's just it's it's not okay to have to hide it. In, yeah, essentially, which yeah it's yeah difficult. it yeah. is. It, it's a difficult topic, um, especially, and I feel like. You know, it's all. It's always. It's always. It's been happening, but mm-hmm. I feel like with this current administration, like it's gotten oh even worse. So right? Yeah. Um, it, the attack is in our bodies. The attack is. You know, I. I like to say the. It's like an attack on, on women more yeah. than like an attack on abortion. It's an attack on women and our right. and our rights. Right? right. As as women, like we should be able to choose over our body mm-hmm. right. because it's our body. Well, period. and especially because. There are no women at the table making these decisions. Exactly. No, no women. Old white yeah. men. Yeah. No women. Yeah. yeah. When my mom went to this platica, actually, I think it was... Platica is talk. Like a, it's a talk. It's a round table. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. No, you're talking no, about... Okay. <laughs> People uh, assume he's Mexican, but he's not. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. I don't I like don't to know. assume, yeah. but yeah. So, Platica is a round table. Um, and so, they had, like... It was, like, at the beginning of, like, Trump's era... And it was like them making a decision like a round table with just men, right? White mm. men. And then it was like a round table where my mom went to the platica. And so they were comparing them like this is who should be making a decision right. over these folks. So I think I think it's crucial. But, I, uh, you know, like what we're living on right now, what's happening currently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's time for us, for us to educate those folks and like... You know, like, specifically, like, voting. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of people did not believe in voting, and a lot of people didn't vote. So I think this is a time what this administration has done is it has um, given the opportunity for us, like, advocates to push other people to come and fight the good fight mm-hmm. with us and to advocate for these, um, you know, for our rights as women mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as, you know, like, we hear every day it's a different topic with Trump. Every day it's either if it's immigration Right. It's women's rights, yeah. it's abortion, right? Like, it's just all over the place. And I'm like, when... It, like, I was just telling my mom the other day, I'm like, I remember, like, 
you know, like waking up under Obama's administration. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. It, obviously, there was deportation. There was all these stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like waking up to like Trump era, it's like something new. Like I get on Twitter. It's I'm like, every Whoa. single day. So it's yeah. every single yeah. day. It's like, like I said, if, I mean, just now, like Planned Parenthood is literally under attack. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, I, you know, like I can talk a little bit about what it means for us to be under attack mm-hmm. and the defunding Planned Parenthood. Um, so currently we serve under a Title X program. That program is a family planning um, mm-hmm. that's granted by the government. And 40% of that grant is received at, at plan- here in Arizona Planned Parenthood okay. and other clinics also do Title X, but 40% of the, of the grant goes for Planned Parenthood, to Planned Parenthoods. Um, we have um, three Title X clinics here. Um, so one thing with Title X, uh, so if it's a Title X clinic, they cannot do abortions. Okay. A lot of folks are under the assumption that if they take, they get rid of Title X, no more abortions. But that is not happening yeah, not. because there's Title X clinics that just do family planning, and then there's also the abortion clinics that do family planning and abortions without Title X. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Title X uh, serves a lot of Latinx like and people of color um, and young people. So this program is essential for our clinics and for our folks and for the communities that are undermined. Um, recently, um, the Trump-Pence uh, administration has introduced the global gag rule, which essentially we cannot use the word abortion at our Title X clinics. What? And if we do use the word abortion, like if we refer a patient to an abortion to an abortion clinic, okay. we are we cannot use that fund that grant. Mm-hmm. So we said we're not gonna lie to our patients. We have for a, more than a hundred years we've served our communities, mm-hmm. we've served our patients. We're not gonna lie to them. So unfortunately, we had to get rid of the Title Ten mm-hmm. clinic, the Title Ten grant. The clinics yes. are still open. I think a lot of folks are like scared and are like, wait, what's happening? The clinics are still open. It's just that we are not currently. So they brought So this happened like two weeks ago. Then they brought it back. So courts interfere in Title 10. You know, they brought Title 10 back. Mm-hmm. And just last week, they took it out again. They took the injections out. So we are still there. You know, they sent us a, a report saying that we can no longer operate through Title 10. Um, however, um, we currently we're still operating on there. Next week it might change, but if it does change where we need to like completely get rid of Title X, mm-hmm. um, we have been planning this for two years ever since Trump became president. We know we knew an attack on, on Title mm-hmm. X was going to happen, uh, so we have emergency funding, um, and that came from you know donations that we got from supporters, and so that's still available for our people. Mm-hmm. And even if we are we we're gonna so I think like the message is like we are open for our people no matter what no matter what defunding what attack they have we yeah. are open to our folks. Um, and Title Ten has been around for forty years I want to mm-hmm. say more than forty years, and no really no other president has ever touched Title Ten besides Trump. Yeah, yeah. it's an old program. And so yeah. <laughs> yeah, where it's, can people donate? A website out. ppac.org okay. and, and they can sign up to volunteer and sign up to donate okay um but i think it's crucial because obviously this funding is not gonna 
uh, last forever, this right. emergency funding we have. Yeah. So and it's not self-replenishing. No, just, yeah. I mean, we get donations, but it, it's so, it is, we are in a crucial time. Um, and so when, mm-hmm. when people are say, you know, defunding Planned Parenthood, this is what it means. It means defunding STI HIV testing. Mm-hmm. It means, uh, you know, defunding all types of contraceptives, right. sex education. So it means all of that. It does not mean getting rid of abortions. Right. It means that you're getting rid of the most important thing, the 97% of our services. Right. You know, so I think, like, it just, like, I mean, I was a Title X patient myself, right? And, like, growing up and, like, being in college, and I was, I just graduated from ASU this past May. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And so, like... You know, like ASU is as expensive as it gets, yeah, right? And like girl, yes. ha- having to pay for my tuition, and I didn't have, I don't, I didn't have health insurance, yeah. so I had to yeah. go. I did, I depended on Title Ten. I yeah. mean, I so the reason why, and I mean, it doesn't matter why you need to be on birth control, like that. You know, it doesn't matter. But the right. reason why I need to be on birth control is because my body is very prone to cysts. So the doctor said, until I want to have a family, I need to stay on birth control. So when I lost my insurance, I was like, okay, so I have one month left of birth control. What am I going to do? And that's when I went to Planned Parenthood and they're like, yeah, we have, I mean, you know, I knew about Title X already, so I applied for it. And thankfully, thankfully, they paid 80% Mm -hmm. of it. And I was like, oh my God. It's a lifesaver. It is literally Literally. a lifesaver. Literally. And so, yeah. like, I always get, like, very emotional when I talk about me being a Title X patient because yeah. it literally saved my life, yeah. right? And my sister, who Zach commented, until this point, she depends on Title X. Every time, like, you know, I don't really like to text her and tell her the news. And she texts me, she's like, hey, we lost the funding again. And, like, it, like, breaks my heart to have to tell her yes. Not only is she being attacked on, like, you know, documented, you know, that's also a controversial yes. topic that the Trump yeah. administration wants to get rid of. Oh and then there's some health care. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like a law. It's so, yeah, I feel like... I think, like, people really need to be educated on what it means to defund Planned Parenthood and mm-hmm. what we really are and who we really are and who we serve is most more importantly because we serve people of color, we serve yes. young people. Um, so I feel like people really need to look into that and mm-hmm. you know there is like there's a statistic 80 something percent of folks um, you know uh, support Planned Parenthood and one of five women one of every five women have been to a Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. these are numbers this is you know it's yeah. data it's and you can't argue with data and you can't argue with that yeah. it's there it's stated yeah. I mean we de- we as Americans we depend on Planned Parenthood and yes. we need Planned Parenthood um, you know like we have a program at our clinics where we uh, folks are able to, or patients are able to share their story and like so I have a little stations outside the clinics and I had like one lady like you know one patient write how like you know I would go, go for a war, war for Planned Parenthood because they saved my life like mm-hmm. and how many people there's a lot of women yeah. that do that I literally said that yeah. earlier. Like, I, there's just, it's so vital yeah. for our community, and especially for women, and, and especially women of color. Yes. It is yeah. so Especially, yeah, yeah, women of color, I think. Can I just say, I really love that you say Latinx, which is Latinx. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I've never heard that. Really? Yeah. yeah. No. yeah. And I love that you say that. Yeah, and documented. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> yeah. What is she talking about? Oh, yeah, okay. sorry, I, I feel like. No, I got, no, I got it right away. No, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I should, yeah. No, but, yeah, I think, like, 
well, I mean, the you know, the word Latinx, I feel like it's really important to use it. And a lot, it's a new term, you know, so mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of folks are still like, you know. Yeah. They're kind of grappling with yeah. it, I think. Yeah. It's, it's, there's some arguments for how it's um, counterintuitive and there's some that, you know, argue that it's inclusive and it's, yeah. I don't, I don't really know where I land with it, but yeah. I still use it. Yeah. Um, can can y'all share a little bit, like in case people don't know? Like why why change it to Latinx or Latin? Like it's like why why have it? Teacher? So like what what is the meaning behind it? I guess yeah. yeah. So like I think like well for me the way I see it is like Latinx sounds more like Spanish like Latin instead of Latin Latinx yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I like to say uh, Latinx better because it like. I feel like if I'm talking to a Latinx woman, they're yes. gonna understand me a little bit more. Even mm -hmm. though like my my mother doesn't know what right. Latinx is, and it's, it's important to make that that connection. Yeah. It's but, important, right? But it's trying to be more inclusive to mm -hmm. where we if we say Latina, that's referring to a specifically yeah. a woman, right? And if we say Latino, it's you know, yeah. and usually we say Latinos, right? Instead of saying Latinx, right? So Latin, wow. the O is also used to mean a group, a group, and yes. so it. it Kind of ascribes to the the patriarchy, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, the default um, is male. Yeah. Right. So when like it's equivalent to like saying you guys, mm -hmm. um, we're not all guys. We are <laughs> yeah and guys, but it's, I, still, it's the it's yeah it's the same. Um, and I think it it is inclusive. I think it gets rid of the the A and the O yeah. all together. Yeah. Um, and kind of puts everyone on the same playing field. Yeah. I don't know that. It's it's taken off quite a bit. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the percentage is like of, of how people are using it. I know sometimes people use the the at sign, so it's the a and the o yeah. instead of an x yeah. um, mm, because okay. it's the Latina yeah. Latino. Yeah. Um, but x is x in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah, it just sounds more. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds does. Like I, don't know. I like that better. And yeah, yeah, the connection is that vital. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm guilty of that with my kids, my students. I'll say to refer to them just real quick. I go, you guys, let's go outside. And I go, yeah, boys and yeah. girls, let's go outside. And it's yeah, and it, it's a, it's, it, it it's really, just the default. Like you have hot. to be cognizant of it because it's a it's a like it really we're so ingrained in that um, like culture. We're like. Um, I have friends that will say, um, like, man, you know, come on guys or whatever. And it's, and we're literally all women. And so I'm like, I try to be, um, like conscientious of it yes. and say like ladies or friends or something yeah. that's like not as gender, yeah. um, you know, specific. Yeah. I try to say you all. Uh, yes. Like, upon yes. Means, I say you all. Yeah. But sometimes it Yo. does yeah. <laughs> slip where I say you guys because, I mean, it's, 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 it's my age. It yeah, it's yeah. ingrained yes. It really is ingrained yeah. in us. And language is powerful. So yeah. if we want to start changing, you know, yeah. the, the conversation, then we need to start using From the, there, yeah. The we need to start with the language. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. No, um... <laughs> wow. Uh, how did you... So how did you get involved with Planned Parenthood? Yeah, um, so yeah, so I think well, I can go from like when I was 14 years of age, I started involving myself in uh, the campaign called Adios Al Pio, uh, uh -huh. which was to get rid of Sheriff yeah. uh, yeah. Pio in 2012. What yeah. a great guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, yeah. So that's how I started involving myself. I did voter registration, 
Um, and like I saw, they were in my, that campaign was in my high school and I like signed a supporter card for them. And then that same night, I think they called me like, hey, we're having an event this Saturday. We're going to do voter registration. And I was like, sure, I'll go. And so I remember like they had us like, you know, it was like a competition where we, whoever got, got the, whichever team got the most voter registrations got like a hundred dollar gift card. Ooh. And so I, I mean, I was a high schooler, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's money. but also like, that's still, that's still yeah, a lot of money. That's still a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and so I did voter registration. Like, I want to say like the Phoenix area. I'm not sure where. I don't remember what part of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But um, I started registering folks in like supermarkets at the library, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is, like you know, I think I ended up getting 30 at the end of the night, and I came back, and they're like, oh my, oh you got 30 voter registrations, and like it was a big deal, and our team ended up winning the the gift card. And so, like, I feel like that night, I felt like, whoa, I was really happy. I'm not going to lie. I was really happy about the money as mm-hmm. a high schooler. But also, I felt very, like, powerful. I felt like I mm-hmm. did something. And, like, I was a sophomore in high school. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I really liked this. So, I kept going to the events. Um, then, eventually, like, you know, unfortunately, our pie won again. Um, but then I started involving myself in other campaigns they had, like uh, city council campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started canvassing, collecting ballots back in the day when it was legal. Um, and then after that, I mean, I worked, I volunteered throughout. And then once the 2016 elections came around, I did a, a intern with the Democratic Party here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then after I saw how everything was ran there, I was like, I need to change like my focus. Cause a lot from what I was hearing was like woman, 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 like this and this. And just the way he was referring to us as women yeah. and Latinx people. I was like, no, like I need to focus on, you know, like I knew the attack would be on women, but specifically women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to join Planned Parenthood um, because like that kind of pushed me to it especially after like working on registering folks to vote, canvassing and you know door knocking. Like after that I feel like I had to change gears and focus on reproductive care. Mm-hmm. Um, because also like I like you know I did a research I knew what Planned Parenthood was, but I did uh, research on you know on what Planned Parenthood did and they focused they were very intersectional where they focused on immigration rights, they focused on, you know, um, documented issues they focus on obviously healthcare so i feel like that's where i needed to be mm-hmm. and actually the who was the race organizer back in the day who's now the race director um she actually i knew her from adios arpaio so she was able to connect me to an organizer here in the phoenix area and so that's how i involved myself um and so i've been uh, i started as a race volunteer um and then i just did like platicas i just did like different tabling events to educate our community um and then like when i transferred from community college to asu i knew there was a chapter at pp jenna plant generation action um club on campus but i asked my organizer like hey like do you know who i should contact for that and eventually I got the contact person of the vice president and there was like only her running the club, like there was no other members. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like picked up from there and we started forming like a huge coalition and group on campus. I mean, the chapter was already there, yeah. but only with the president. And right. then I became the vice president and like now the team is like huge. There's like oh, 10, awesome. yeah. 10 students, uh, members, and there's like 20 supporters. And they last semester they worked on a mentor equity 
equity campaign, which um, essentially we want, there's a lack of hygiene products across yeah. campus oh, in the yeah. bathrooms. Yeah. Um, and so we, they, you know, we got like, they got like 500 petitions. We took it to Michael, we rallied to Michael Crow's office. Mm -hmm. They were like, so like, wait, they weren't expecting us there. So they're like, whoa. Um, and so now they want to campaign um, next, this school year, there's going to be a pilot program implemented at four campuses at ASU um, that have hygiene products in certain bathrooms. It's just a pilot program yeah, yeah, for yeah. now. Um, hey, but progress. That's, but yeah. progress, yeah. yeah so. Progress. That's kind of how I started. I went from Raiz Volunteer. I mean, I Adios Arpaio. Then, you know, I changed my gears to um, Reproductive Rights and all the other intersectional stuff that Planned Parenthood does. And then I became a Raiz Volunteer. And then I did, like, campus organizing. Um, and then um, staff. Yeah. Um, I've been at this position for, like, seven months now. Uh, so, like, yeah, I went from, like, supporter. No, actually, it was supporter, patient. Mm -hmm. And then volunteer and then like the vp of a club and then like became staff so there's like that ladder yeah. of engagement we use with volunteers yeah to take them up so yeah which is important because yeah. representation matters and yes. being a woman of color yes. and having the like a visual representation of those opportunities that can yeah. present it's amazing yeah i think like congratulations yeah thank you thank you yeah i think i I think like being a woman of color in this organization is really really important because mm -hmm. We are the people that are left Understood. behind and under, Absolutely. yeah. So I feel like when I'm at tabling events, I feel like women of color come up to me and they're like, I feel like they can ask, all, they feel comfortable, that, yeah. And so like, I feel like that connection versus like, you know, my mom, she used to be like, no, you know, I didn't, I never, I mean, first of all, she was totally against like Planned Parenthood, you know, what yes. they did because she wasn't educated. Informed, yeah. And so yeah. then, but now she's like, you know, they act, they hire women of color, so it's like, she yeah. feels comfortable, she feels that connection. She's yeah. like, I, she, she mentions to me, like, I feel like, I feel how another woman feels. If they see you tabling, like, they're gonna go up to you, just mm -hmm. like my mother would, if like, they see someone, you know, that yeah. looks like them, they're gonna go up and talk to them. Yes. Um, yes. So I think it's really, really important. Agreed. Um, and I mean, the Raiz, the Raiz program just, you know, focuses only on communities of color. I mean, our work obviously is intersectional and we do all yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that RAIS program um, was formed because um, they were having a conversation with folks and they realized that a lot of the folks were Latinx people mm -hmm. and they were like, they had questions about healthcare. And so yeah. that's how the RAIS program was, was formed right. after conversations with folks of, you know, like we don't, we want, we have all these questions. Right. Um, and and so, really know where, like, because even if you ask a friend, like, there's, they probably yeah. have the same information you yes. have, which is yeah. not going to yes. be a lot. Yes. Um, so, raíz is a, a, and raíz means root. Yes. Cool. Root. So, yes. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a specific program within Planned Parenthood, is that correct? Yes, it's okay. a national program Good. within Planned okay. Parenthood. So, then, we have it in the state of Arizona, Nevada, and... Florida, I'm probably missing a few states, but, and I think they're looking for Virginia. So yeah, it's expanded. And, it's to expanded. Different. Okay. Oh, that's and then they have like... And they're continuing to expand, or yes. depending on mm -hmm. funding probably. But. Yes, and then they have like internships, fellows in different states. So yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's I think like, I was like, not so long ago, I was asked to like write what, you know, like what it means to be a race organizer and like, or just work for Planned Parenthood in general. And I feel like, I always talk about the program RAIS because 
like the title says it, the roots. Like I feel like it hits close to home. And so when I'm in these communities, I think about my mother and my dad, how like these are them. And so like I feel like this program like really is very community based and focuses on like where we come from. So I feel like out of like the whole, like all the organizations I've been part of and like, you know, as a volunteer and like organizing, I feel like this has been like, the one that I it hits more close to home because mm-hmm. I get to focus um, with women like my mother that had no mm-hmm. idea what Planned Parenthood yeah. mission was, yeah. and so I think it's really it's really touching when I talk about race because yeah, it's really empowering. Yes, it's it's really empowering. The program is, and I think we're doing the work here. Yeah. I think it's getting done. Uh, and not only here in the Phoenix area, I have a huge area and I try to sometimes, I'm like, oh, I want to do work here, but then I'm like, I have this. So it's really hard to like, Phoenix is a huge city. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to focus on, you know, every, you know, every city, but I try to, especially the Maribel Glendale area, I think like those are important places to be at, mm-hmm. um, but I'm everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. everywhere. Um, and then we also have, like I said, a race organizer in Tucson, who she does all the work in Tucson. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. is it city specific or is it kind of like the Phoenix metropolitan area where you work with like Mesa and... Yes, and that's, yeah, okay. yeah, so and then Tucson has its own. Yeah, yeah. Way. But yeah, I'm, I have like Phoenix this spread yeah. out. Yeah, so it's a little spread out. It's hard to. It's only one of me, so. Yeah. Where does that come from? Where can you point back to growing up? I don't know. Where do you get that drive to do it? Because there's not a lot of people that motivated or that willing to work that hard. Well, and it's hard when you're faced with so many challenges with like the current administration, and then you have protesters and and. Yeah. um, I don't know. But then I'd ask, yeah, that too is how do you stay so? It seems you're like you're very positive. Yeah. So how do you even stay that optimistic when mm-hmm. there's this dude in the house like who what keeps just you doing this work? Yeah. So I feel like growing up and like you know, being with my dad, going on car rides with my dad and him, like, con- like continuously checking his mirrors, and mm-hmm. I'm like, for the longest time, I'm like, wait, what is he doing? But then I come to find out that he was scared of police. Mm-hmm. He was scared of police being yeah. in back of him. He w- and he wasn't doing anything. Like he always had me every time before we went out to like the store or the supermarket or you know wherever. He had he would press on the brake lights to see if they were working because he did. He made sure the car was clean. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to you know draw attention. draw attention right. And so like I feel like. And like when SB 1070 happened, I remember oh. my dad being afraid. My dad has always been the one that works home works home he has never want to travel not even to like sedona flagstaff because he's afraid that he's gonna get pulled over so i feel like i've and i mean like i said i think there's a lot lot of people that can relate to that yeah and i feel like living in a mixed status family like yes i have the privilege to be documented but my sister is not and my you know my dad is undocumented Mm -hmm. um and so my sister her story is like really like rare and like it could have been me she was supposed to be born in the u.s uh but then my mom had to go back because my grandma was sick and they told her she would have my sister like november 20th she went back to mexico she had my sister a few days earlier so i'm like i always think back at it and i'm like that could have been me Mm -hmm. so i feel like and also like seeing how hard my sister has worked to get through school and get through college and like seeing my parents, like my mom, I mean, she's documented, but seeing her work at different hotels, um, all these jobs that, you know, pay minimum wage. Why? Because she doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So I feel like 
and then my dad being a construction construction worker and seeing his hands and like seeing the hard work seeing him sweat work from 5 a.m to 9 p.m mm-hmm. i think that's what keeps me going um i don't i think giving up would be giving up on my parents and mm-hmm. my parents came yeah. with one intention to this uh to the states is to give us to make a better yeah okay. yeah and so I think like one of my goals was graduating from college and so I feel like I accomplished that yeah uh, but I feel like now my you know I have to even though there's like this I don't know what to call him this precedent in the in the White House I feel like even more now I need to keep trying because once again the attack is on my family mm-hmm. and so I feel like that every like time like sometimes like it's hard organizing is hard and and doing this work is very hard but thinking back of my roots and thinking back mm-hmm. of why i do the work and who i do the work for keeps of course it's my family and it's all like people like my family right mm-hmm. and it keeps me there yeah. um, it's really hard sometimes to think positive especially when it's like every day there's a different attack yep. it's really hard to stay positive yeah. yeah but i think bringing it back and always like remembering your story and where you came from i think that's that brings it all back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When you when you talk to the uh, the people in the community, and and it's amazing that your mom your mom was so open minded and uh, willing to to learn. Do you do you ever find uh, uh, pushback? I guess, or is it or is it just a willingness to have a conversation, and they tend to change their mind or their perception about Planned Parenthood. Yeah. So I think like where I've been like specifically in with Latinx communities um, my like my first like month or two of being, uh, being at the position I did a platica with Puente mm-hmm. who is the Puente movement they do a lot of immigration work mm-hmm. and their membership is mostly Latinx women like my mother and mm-hmm. so I had a, a round table conversation with them and a lot of them were like I mean you could tell they wanted to learn but also me being part of Planned Parenthood they were like uh, I don't know yeah. you know but I try to sometimes not really bring up the, the, the topic abortion until later in the conversation. I first start with like them raising their hands. How long has it been that you got a well woman exam? A lot of these women don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they have, most of them stated that they haven't gotten a well woman exam over 10 years. Uh, the, that's the times they've been here in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start with that and I'm like, and then I start by, you know, mentioning the services at Planned Parenthood, not abortion for the, let's say, specifically. And then, um, and then I mentioned Title 10. And then they're like, then that's when I start seeing a lot of hands, mm-hmm. you know, asking questions like, wait, so I can go to Planned Parenthood and receive care, even if I don't have insurance, even if I don't have a social security. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And so, and so once they're like, wow, and then I have them, you know, I had them fill out an application because that could be intimidating at times to fill out yes. an application and letting them know, like, nowhere does it ask about your immigration status, about mm-hmm. your, you know, about your social security, nothing like mm-hmm. that. And then I do start bringing up the topic abortion and like the fact that we do offer those services as well if you need it. Right. Um, but I think once they hear of all the services and all the work we do in the community and the fact that they can go to Planned Parenthood without insurance, their mind is like, they might not be 100% with yeah. abortion, but they are aware of all these services. They know all of this. So I feel like, and it's important to educate them about the 97% services yeah. and how 
It's they can, human care. Yeah, it's yeah, really it is. Yeah. And care. yeah, exactly. And so, like, even though like it's part of culture, they might not totally understand it at first that you know abortion is is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least I get them to understand about these other services, and those are the majority of the services we offer. And that Title Ten is there for our communities, and that's when everything changes for them. Like that's when I start realizing their faces and they're like, whoa. And I also have um, Sex Ed Loteria. So it's a lottery, it's like a bingo yeah. type of game. Um, and I have them, and so all of the, so I have, it's like a bunch of like cards, I pass them around, and I start, you know, I start giving the cards, and all the cards have like the el condom, the condom, the female condom, and then they like start giggling, because they're like, wait, there's a female condom? <laughs> yeah, oh and so it's very educational yeah. one, but also I always mention like, these are all the services we have at Planned Parenthood, and they're like, what yeah. like, this is crazy and it's a fun way like first i start with the conversation then i have some fun with them mm-hmm. um but i think that like brings it back home like that's like that's how edu- you educate someone of course you're not gonna lie to them you're gonna tell them this is you know right. we offer abortion yeah. right? to power. yeah and so but also reminding them that that's only three percent i like refer like i mentioned that a lot yeah. to them because it's like what only three yeah. percent and 97 is all these other services that i yeah. can benefit from yeah. um so that's really powerful i think that's yes. something i could speak on and that that's an example of how i'm out in the community and most of the time, it's like they want to learn about it. They might be a little bit discouraged because, like, Planned Parenthood, and, you know, what they hear in the news. Yeah. Uh, but once I start telling them, like, everything else that Planned Parenthood does, then mm-hmm. that changes a lot. And, yeah. you know, they want to keep learning. And yeah. I remember that night, like, people came up to me and, like, hey, like, so I can go, you know, like, trying to, like, rephrase that. I'm like, yes, yes, like, you heard yeah. right. Yeah. And so I think that that's really, really powerful. Yeah. And I think that's an important part of advocacy is when you can um, connect on a human level with somebody. Yes. That's like, because you have this abstract idea of what Planned Parenthood is, and it's what the social, like social media or media in general feed you. Mm -hmm. It's the abortion thing. Yeah. And then when you start to break that down and realize like, no, this is, this is care. Yeah. And you need it because we all need it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, and then it's, it's so I think your work is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it's really important. Yes. Yeah. And so it's it's almost two thirty. Uh, we I usually end the episodes with uh, a little more random questions. Uh, if that's yeah, cool with you. Yeah. Go for um, it. Cool. But in the meantime, do you have any like closing thoughts or places where people can volunteer? Yeah. So I think like one like. 2020 is coming around. I think mm-hmm. it's a really okay. important yeah. work. I think as Planned Parenthood, we're going to start on early and starting yeah. to register uh, people to vote. Um, so we, at our health centers, we have these stations set up for people to share their story, but also to register to vote. Uh, so I think reminding folks to register to vote, to take their friends to register to vote, um, to get involved. Uh, I think www.ppac.org, they'll find... Um, an application they'll find um, ways to donate if you know they don't have time to to volunteer for us but definitely mm-hmm. getting involved mm-hmm. I think um, as my parenthood we you know we won't endorse candidates until later on 
but yeah. it's really really important that you know we as Planned Parenthood we are out knocking on doors um, we are out there reg- registering folks to vote um, so I think the time is now we need to if you know if we don't want to repeat 2016 all over again right. uh, we really need to educate our yes. folks on, on these elections yes. and register everyone to vote yes. especially our Latinx folks um, because I think it could be intimidating to even register to vote yeah. one um, so I think like being out in these communities and also when it comes to canvassing being out there in the communities um, you encountering know, people that look yes, like you yes I think that's really that's really going to play yeah. a crucial role for 2020 is to encounter people yeah. like that look like us yeah. um, so that we can have a real conversation with them and mm-hmm. not somebody you know that doesn't even speak Spanish yeah um, so I think that's going to be really important. Yeah. yeah. And the name of the, the ASU group is uh, PP... Planned Parenthood Generation Action is yes. at ASU. So also getting involved on campus, um, if that's where their center at is campus, because they're going to do electoral work as well yeah. at mm-hmm. campuses. Yeah. Um, and as that's part of... a key demographic yeah. and the age. And, yeah. yeah. And as part of PP Gen, they do a lot of like voter registration and canvassing. So if it's not in the community with... Arizona and Raiz, it could be on campus with PPGen. Cool. Thank cool. you. Mm-hmm. Um, random questions. Uh, what was the last thing you talked to yourself about? The la- like the last. Oh my gosh, that's a. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think like I'm always talking to myself about work. Very ironic. Uh-huh. There's times I even dream about work, which is like it's very common with our work. We have so much going on. Yeah. So I think like yeah. work like did I have and I'm I'm leaving to DC next week so like like planning on like everything like I always talk to myself about it it's, yeah. it's strange but it's that's just how our work is like twenty four seven there yeah, yeah. Um, who did you learn more uh, growing up from your mom or your dad I think my mom more because I feel like my mom is more like me so i felt like i was able to connect more with my mom uh-huh. and then i think but now as i'm older like my dad too but definitely growing up it was growing my mother up, yeah yeah um would you rather never get angry or never get jealous oh my gosh i think never get angry yeah yeah definitely uh now would you rather have a super sensitive taste or super sensitive hearing Hmm. Sensitive, oh gosh, that's an interesting, sensitive hearing, I think. I'll agree with yeah. yeah. I'll agree with that. I, don't I, know, think, I, like I, I think I'm going to go with taste. I love food too much. Yeah, that's a, but then you'd be so picky. <laughs> yeah, it would be picky. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, what is a skill that you wish you had? A skill that, uh, I wish I, I love running, so I wish I could run faster. Oh. So yeah, I wish I could run. I love running, but like, and I also think I have asthma, so like, I'm all, yeah, so, yeah, so, but maybe if I didn't have asthma, I would run faster, but yeah, I definitely yeah. wish I could run faster. Run faster, okay. Yeah. Um, and then last one, who do you know uh, that's living life to the fullest? Uh, like, do I have to say names? No, you don't, no, of course not. I you think can just say like, you can say their address. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have obviously like in social media, you always see like friends, you know, like going to different trips, but also mm. like, like this specific friend I have, like she's always on trips, but then also she's like 
always working, but every time she's like at a different like country, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like oh, that's amazing, like. Yeah. That's and I mean, I like doing that, but like she, I feel like it's kind of it's like for her, it's like every weekend she's on a different trip. Yeah. And she does like w- weekend trips, and I'm like to different countries. I'm like, yeah. but I mean. She must only get like two days there, but that's still amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that's great. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. Ours is uh like Target one weekend and yeah. then fries the next weekend <laughs> and then Walmart the, then Barnes and Noble. No. Um. But thank we you. only have one kid. Uh, we have one kid. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. But thank you so much yeah. for doing this. Meant a lot. Um. Yeah. Thank I've, you for your work. It yeah. is really really important. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for doing this. Yeah, because this is this is important. Like just recently I started listening to different podcasts. Um, and my sister got me into it she listens to Guys We Fucked. It's really I love that one. Yeah. It's so good. And so like I, I don't I don't hear it every time, but my sister plays it like randomly and I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so good. And I try to yeah. make myself like listen to it, but then yeah. I get yeah. caught up. But yes, that one's really yeah. good. <laughs> and so like for I one of my minor was was uh, transporter studies. Mm-hmm. So I they one of my classes required for us to do podcasts and I'm like oh my god they're so interesting you learn so much from them so thank you You for doing this work yeah yeah and thank you for thinking of Planned Parenthood yeah I I follow uh, PPJ and uh, Action ASU on Instagram and then that's how I kind of started clicking through and that's how I and you can follow Planned Parenthood Arizona too Um, that's like our overall community one and we post like events Um, so if you all want to share them too it's always important to like share events Um, but we do work with like a bunch of partnership organizations, so we're always uh, at. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, thank you for doing this. Yeah, it's a pleasure meeting. Yeah. Yes, thank you. thank you. This is awesome. Can we get a picture so I can? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs>